This is mission.org. This is Marketing Trends, your number one source for exclusive interviews with chief marketing officers and executive marketing leaders in the Fortune 1000 and beyond. This is Jeremy Bergeron, and I interview, collaborate, and partner with world-class CMOs and marketing leaders across industries. Your content is at the heart of what you do. It connects your company to others, teaches them, guides them, and inspires them. But creating, managing, and editing content at scale is often very chaotic and difficult. Empower your content teams with Brightspot Content Management System, made specifically for marketers and corporate communications leaders. No more waiting for a developer to have to piece things together. Put the power to create and deliver powerful yet complex digital experiences into the hands of your marketers with a comprehensive suite of ready-to-use tools and functionality. Bring a bright spot to your tech stack, your customers, your team, with the Brightspot content management system. Visit brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to learn more. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Marketing Trends. We are close to wrapping up the year. I am just as excited today as you probably can tell when I get the chance to connect with just brilliant marketing leadership. And today we have no exception to that rule. We have an amazing human that you will find out about on this show. And let me tell you a little bit about Sarah Acton, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Bill. Sarah has worked with some epic brands. If you Google her, you will see that she's worked at places like LinkedIn, Yahoo, Coca-Cola, Home Depot, now coming up, crossing her first year as CMO at Bill. And, and this human has just been involved in brand marketing, consumer marketing, account marketing. You want to talk about someone who has the perspective of a modern day marketer. We're going to get into that today. But Sarah, welcome to Marketing Trends. We're super stoked to have you. Jeremy, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, indeed. I really get excited about people like you because I, I take time to see the things that you've done or at least explored the brands that you've worked at, right? And you are no exception. You've really gotten to do some really cool things on your rise to marketing leader as CMO for Bill. Before we get into your path and your perspective and your career a bit, I want to just kind of level set for those who don't know what Bill is Tell our audience about Bill, and then also please share like what's your role as CMO at Bill. So at Bill, we are automating the future of finance so that businesses can flourish. And by automating their financial operations, these are things like accounts payable, accounts receivable, spend and expense management. We give small businesses control over their finances. And with that control, they can operate their businesses confidently. And I know we'll talk about small businesses. I have a ton of passion for that audience. But as chief marketing officer, the biggest part of my job is making sure that across the organization, through every one of our touch points, our experiences, we're delivering in the way that we want for our customer. And that requires fingers across the organization. And that is one of the things that I love the most about my job. Wow. I can say from our experience, because we are, mission.org is one of the you know 400,000 plus 
businesses that use Bill to really automate our finances. So we use it all the time and, and we, we're experiencing the power of that automation software. AI and tech and automation, they're really changing the way that small businesses are run. This is happening fast. Like, how does that change the way you're marketing to small businesses now? Small businesses, like consumers, are hungry for benefits. They're hungry for, I have a problem. How can you solve that problem? And yes, the way that we're solving the problem, we can solve it better. We can solve it faster. We can solve it more accurately with AI or ML. But at the end of the day, what the person on the other side wants is the solution to a problem. And so in some ways, it hasn't changed that much because we're still talking about benefits. But it does give us some different ways to talk about how we solve that problem that gives us an accuracy and a modern approach to problem solving that is attractive. Where did this SMB love start for you? Where did that become just an, an important factor? Because obviously you're serving a large and growing SMB audience now, but where, where was that? Where did that start for you? Oh, it, so it started really early. My dad was a small business owner. Ah. He owned a small professional services practice. He was an IP attorney. I watched, I grew up working summers in his office and I watched how hard that is. I watched him go through times when cash was tight and the month to month was tough and he was waiting on bills to get paid by clients. I developed a deep appreciation for not just what it takes to start a small business, but to operate and thrive as a small business. It is one of the toughest jobs, I believe. And I went off and went to school and some things in my life changed. And actually it was walking away from the workforce for a little bit because my dad got sick and I was getting ready to re-enter the workforce and I got the bug and I started my own small business that I ran a retail store for about three and a half years. And the amount of empathy and just respect that I have for small business owners, having been one, having seen my dad do that. When I had an opportunity to serve them, I jumped at the chance. Wow. And was that the, the smiling frog? Was that the business? That was the smiling frog. Yes, that was the smiling frog. And, you know, I tell people that there is so much that I learned about just myself as a leader, as a professional in that experience that I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade for anything. But it was hard. You're deeply connected to that SMB. I mean, I love, I, I, I think it's really interesting that your dad was not only a small business owner and an entrepreneur, but there was an IP attorney. And that, that's an interesting category for you to be exposed to, not to discredit all SMBs, but that's an interesting one to see and witness. So I, I love that. And then having your own small business, like you said, I mean, you clearly get that. Where did the beginning of marketing start for you, right? Because there's also a big part of you that started a dance with marketing. I always like to say, where, where was the beginning, the genesis of marketing for you? Was it school? Was it some other unknown trail that you've stumbled upon? I've heard so many various stories as how marketing leaders get to where they are, but what was the start for you with marketing specifically? My journey with marketing actually started with being in my dad's office. 
he was an IP attorney. And so a lot of his work was patent work. So he would have inventors and entrepreneurs coming into his office all the time. And some of them with truly crazy ideas, some of them with crazy good ideas. They all came in with ideas that they had to tell a story around and articulate. And then we would talk about that. We would talk about it at the dinner table. And, you know, if I was in the office, I'd say, Hey, dad, who was that woman? You know, I saw this thing with her. What was she doing? And then he would tell a story back to me about the business and. As a kid, I would, well, that doesn't make any sense that, you know, or, or like, oh, that's pretty cool. And so I learned really early the power of being able to articulate the way that you can uniquely solve an unmet need in the market. And it was really through that experience. My mom will also tell you that I would sing along to commercials and was fascinated by commercials since I was a kid. So I think I got the bug pretty early. So when you started to, you know, see that, I love that realization around storytelling and the perspective there. That's such a beautiful foundation to enter into marketing. Was Home Depot like early days marketing, like kind of in the real world or was that Coca-Cola? Where was like the early days application now of this really cool foundation you've, you've cultivated? There was a little bit of agency work before Home Depot. I actually was at an agency doing media buying for Popeyes way back in the day and then found my way to Home Depot. But Home Depot was where I truly stepped into larger scale marketing. And as often happens with a lot of people earlier in their career, had way more responsibility than I probably should have. (laughs) When I left Home Depot, I was managing over a $200 million budget. I had three agencies that were working for me. But talk about a crash course in getting to know your customer, in understanding marketing's role in the business more holistically, understanding how you communicate authentically what you do and why it matters in a both rational and emotional way. Those were three of the things that were immensely powerful in my career that I learned there. What is your relationship now with this kind of the speed of marketing, right? Because you, 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 know, you work at these brands like Home Depot and Coca-Cola and even some agencies where you have such speed and velocity and the amount of resources and support can be huge, especially at places like Home Depot and Coca-Cola and others. But then as you go into you know, smaller organizations or you go to other opportunities, what does that do for your relationship of like getting things done at the speed you're used to and staying in that space of like, okay, at Coca-Cola, we, could, you know, we had massive budgets and huge capabilities and huge presence. And then here, you know, we might not have that but you still have that experience, which is invaluable. But what's that balance like of you with just velocity and and growth and kind of getting to where you know brands can get to based on where you've been? Every business has objectives and things that are strategically important for the business at a moment in time. And marketing can play a unique role in helping to fuel whatever the business needs. And so I think regardless of size of budget or amount of resources, being acutely aware of how marketing can drive business performance and then mapping and prioritizing what needs to get done to those business priorities, 
I think that's the thing that is a consistent, whether it's big company, small company. And then if you've got that priority of focus and alignment with the broader business objectives, then you can move at the pace that you want and make sure that you're pushing the business forward. So you've been now in that role. I think you just crossed your, your year, right? You've been at Bill for over a year. So congratulations. Thank you. Because, you know, being a marketing leader for a year is a big deal. I mean, you know this, like CMOs, a lot of times they don't stay places very long. If things aren't moving and trending in the right direction, they're, they're easier, you know, onto the next opportunity. And so to be there a year is actually a long time, two years, you know, you go through these motions. So congrats on that. I, I want to understand Tell me about where Bill was like at the beginning. What did you see from the outside looking in? Because we have this really cool brand. They're up to cool stuff. But what did you see from the outside looking in? And what did you do in your first 90 days? Because I've found that that is always nuanced based on different marketing leaders. So what was the opportunity? And then what was your approach, your first 90 days in the role? From an opportunity perspective, the thing that I saw and then continued to see through my interviews that was, gosh, so attractive to me was an authenticity and richness of story that honestly brands would kill for, mm. right? Like you can't make that. You can't manufacture a company that for 16 years has been doing the hard work of building the foundation to be able to get us to this moment, that's a really unique opportunity. Talking with Renee, our CEO and founder, and his genesis, fourth generation entrepreneur, why he started the business, that richness and story just felt so untapped. As a marketer to come into a situation where that's your job is to take what's there and shine a light on it. That's an amazing opportunity. Amazing. And so that's what I, you know, I saw from the outside. And then as my conversations evolved, I, you know, began to feel it more viscerally being in the organization. And so I think, you know, when I go back to my first 90 days, it was really about developing a deep understanding of where we've come from. How did we get to today? Because I talk a lot about I've, I, I have worked for different kinds of organizations, but there is no one-size-fits-all approach. Yes, we all have tools and skills and things that we've learned, but you have to understand the organization that you're in. You have to understand what is the business need right now? What are the, the challenges that we're facing? What are the opportunities that we have? And that was the first thing in my first 90 days. The second was understanding specifically to marketing where are we on our journey? Where are we across tools and platforms, data and infrastructure, skills and capabilities? And is always the case, there are places where you're a little further ahead of places where you've got some catching up to do, and that's okay. That's part of our jobs. And then the third thing, which arguably is, is the most important for me, is getting to know the people. And that's people across the organization, getting to understand for the tenured employees who, you know, we've got somebody who's celebrating 15 years this month, meeting that person, meeting people on my team, understanding how can I help unblock and create the environment for them to do their best work? That was my first 90 days. I love it. 
I want to shift into the rebrand a bit because this is a big deal. And always, again, there's there's interesting nuance when it comes to different companies' rebrands. Was this your first like leading a rebrand or had this had you done been a part of rebrands before? This was the first big scale rebrand. When I was at LinkedIn, I had the opportunity to lead our first brand efforts. Okay, cool. It didn't involve rebranding, but it was taking what we had and bringing it to the market. So I had some of that experience. Even going back to my Home Depot days, we launched brands, but this was the first rebrand. Mm, okay. So talk to us about the process of this, this rebrand. And if you could maybe unpack some of the challenges you had to overcome when in a repositioning bill. As marketers, oftentimes we think our most important job is communicating out, but actually our most important job is listening. That's what I did. I did a lot of listening, a lot of being incredibly curious about how we got to where we are today. Because when you understand the roots and the past, it gives you a firmness of foundation to build upon. And so I knew I needed that. The second thing I did was cast a wide net. The brand may be shepherded by marketing, but it is owned by the entirety of any organization. Everybody is a brand ambassador. No matter what role you're in, you have a role in shaping the brand. And so I cast a wide net to understand internally what are the perspectives about the opportunity ahead, the brand today, where we want it to be. And then we talk to customers. That part is always amazing because you get a richness and oftentimes a clarity that in the, in the way that they see you, that sometimes you can lose sight of internally. And so talking to customers and understanding that perspective. And so that was the foundation. And then we went about building a strategy and building a strategy again with all of my peers. So this was an exercise that we did across the e-staff. Because I knew that if this was viewed as a marketing exercise, it wouldn't have the power and the adoption and the impact that I knew it could. There was appetite across the organization to do that. One of the challenges is when you're in a business, super high growth, the business is growing, making sure that you're carving out the moments that you need to have some of these strategy conversations. There's always a, a push and pull on priorities in the organization, but I was super fortunate that there was incredible buy-in across the organization. Wow! And then there came the time of starting to bring it out into the world. And that was a new muscle for us. When you think about skills and capabilities, a company like Yahoo or, or Coca-Cola, there are skills and capabilities that exist to be able to do some of that work. And some of that was new for us. And so bringing folks along and helping people see it might be new, but like, we've got this. I love the, the kind of reaching out to the other executives, the other ELT and inviting them into this process. And I can see how that could be really potent and powerful. How did you start that conversation? Was it, you're just surveying the ELT and saying, Hey, give us your thoughts and opinions. Cause I also imagine that you're also hearing from people who are leaders and who are influencing this business in all kinds of ways. And you could come up against challenges and things if someone agrees or disagrees. So how do you kind of bring all that home into a successful rebrand like you did at Bill 
and, you know, and build trust and rapport with the other executives. And that's so important, I think, leading into next year, building trust, you know, marketing, building trust with other folks and and the daunting task of a rebrand and having to get everybody on the same page, you know, that can be a great puzzle to solve. I think marketers are puzzle solvers. <laughs> it's why we do this work. One of the things that I talk about a lot is, again, brand strategy, just like product strategy, are in service of business strategy. And so I find that when there are differences of opinion or different points of view, just going back to, okay, let's re-anchor on our business strategy. Let's recenter. Let's go back to first principles. And oftentimes it's that recentering, it's that refocusing that enables you to unblock and move forward. And so there were definitely times where it would be two steps forward and then we'd go back for a second and then move forward again. And that's healthy. Mm -hmm. It's one of the signals that indicates that there is real debate mm -hmm. to ensure we get to the right outcome. I love this bridge around today being able to build trust with your other executives. And I know I mentioned that before. I think it's so, it's so interesting and important. We've had some CMOs come on this show and talk about how they will fly their CFO out to meet with them in the agency of record to be a part of the creative meetings, right? Or they'll go and sit down with the COO and just different parts of the business and like inviting these people in versus this kind of siloed approach before. Are you finding that is really key in your experience and been able to like, because again, the world is changing. The role of the CMO is changing. What's worked really well for you in terms of building a tight bridge of trust and rapport with those other executive leaders? One of the big parts of my job, and this has been true in virtually every organization I've been in, is I'm a part educator. Oftentimes, for folks, depending on their experience, I have experiences from a marketing perspective, and I've seen things and, and been in organizations that are new. And so I always start from the place of how can I help it's reciprocal. My peers have experiences that I don't have that will make me better at my job, that will enable me to better serve the organization. And so there's this sort of shared education responsibility that is part of, I think, what builds trust and rapport because I love getting questions about well, why do you think this is the right thing to do from this strategy? And have you done this before? Yeah, let me tell you about how we did this at LinkedIn or Yahoo or what have you. And so I think that openness to share anything, inviting people in, I think that is one of the key foundations for trust. And that component of whenever I get a question, that is an opportunity to share some insight and to engage in a conversation and making sure that I take every one of those opportunities, I think is one of the pieces that has led to a successful partnership. That is all key key stakes, I think, moving forward. I mean, it's just invaluable to for executives to slow down enough to look across the aisle and reach across the aisle and begin that relationship. And I, I love the education component of like, 
connecting with each other and sharing and learning and coming from curiosity and understanding. Mm -hmm. And I love how you said just getting back to the like, why the business strategy? Why are we doing this? Getting sometimes taking a few steps back to get, okay, that's right. And then proceeding forward and doing that delicately is a real gift. How do you approach building high performing teams now? There's such an interesting world that we're living in, right? Where the great retention and the great recession and all the things that, you know, where people are working from home and hybrid and a lot of opportunity, a lot of layoffs, a lot of stuff happening in the world. But throughout it all, you know, you as the marketing leader, there have to be able to build leaders and develop leaders and build high performing teams to keep growing like Bill's been growing. What is your approach now to building high performing teams and motivating them now? I have found that the single biggest thing that drives engagement and high-performing teams is connecting people to the mission and why we're doing what we're doing. At the end of the day, no matter what part of the organization you're in, in in the marketing organization or more broadly, you're spending a lot of time and reminding yourself, what is the impact we're having outside these walls? What customer did I help make their life a little easier? What customer can now get time back with their community because we've made a process much simpler. Super quick anecdote, one of our customers that we used as part of the brand campaign who runs a nonprofit and helps fund entrepreneurs across the country who traditionally don't get funding. He talks about the time that you saved me enabled me to get back out with my community and back out with my entrepreneurs. That reminder for teams is the single biggest unlock. There are a bunch of other things, making sure that people have the resources and prioritization to be able to focus on the things that matter, being able to drive impact against the business, seeing that impact and feeling connected to it, and investing in them as humans. You know, one of the things I often talk about and think about is as a leader, One of the resources I have is my time and attention. And so making sure that my time and attention, that I am present when somebody comes to me with a problem, that I am present for that problem and them feeling the investment in them, investment in them as as humans and professionals at this organization is the other thing that I think is critically important and now and into the future, well into the future. That's great. I mean, I'm hearing the rise of employee experience being equal to the importance of the customer experience, right? Where it's like, we always talk about the customer experience and that, but I'm hearing more and more conversation at the you know executive water cooler, if you will, where these brands, big brands are doubling down on the employee experience just as much, right? We always talk about when customers interact with the brand at every touch point, it needs to matter, right? B2C, B2B, like the way a, a human interacts with a brand now matters so much more. And that will continue to be the case. And I think about how that can apply to employees as well, how employees are engaging with this business, with this vision, getting back to why they're here and making sure they're fully resourced and supported while they move this rocket ship forward. And I think it's so critical to bring that importance up. And I love that it's a key one for you, among others. According to LinkedIn, I want to touch on this because I'm really I'm curious about this network called Chief. You became a member of Chief and, and I've, I've run across other executives that have. I want to know more about this network and then what inspired you to join this network? 
When I was in my process after I had left my last company and was trying to figure out what was next, which such a gift to be able to have those moments and just connect with people. And I am one of those people who find the process of interviewing fascinating. I got to talk to robotics companies and just so curious. It wasn't the right thing for me. I wasn't the right thing for them, but so curious about these different businesses. Through that process, I was talking to more and more female leaders who were becoming part of this organization and talked about the power of that community that Chief was building. One woman executive in particular talked about how that group of women, and they they set you up in, in core groups, smaller groups, how that group of women got her through some pretty tough challenges in a leadership position. And I knew that regardless of where I ended up, that I was going to be looking for an opportunity that was bigger than the one I had in the past. And so knowing that Building your support network is as much part of how you create the conditions for success as anything. That really motivated me to join Chief. Wow, that's huge. I love the emphasis on building that support network. It's of equal value. Got to build the support, again, especially today in such a really interesting, very fast-paced world. What advice would you share with the person who is aspiring to be a marketing leader? They've been listening to our show. They listen to other CMO type shows and they're going to be sitting in your seat one day. What would you share with that audience, with those people? Take the interesting challenges that come your way. There, Throughout my career, there are a number of times where I got an opportunity that felt big felt sometimes scary. And I leaned into those. And whether that was starting my own business or taking on new responsibilities, doing work that hadn't been done at the organization before, those opportunities, I find you learn so much about yourself. You push yourself as a leader and they don't all work. There are definitely places where you fall down. But if you never fall down, you don't know how to get up. Take those early and you will be grateful that you did. I love that. There's no question that chief marketing officers, marketing leaders are going to need new skills, new tools to be successful in 2023. And no chief marketing officer or marketing leader is going to be a master of everything. But what in your experience will successful marketing leaders need in 2023? This is not necessarily new, but first and foremost, being great communicators. And again, communication starts with listening. Oftentimes, the value that I bring is not in speaking, but being in a conversation and listening to what's happening in between because oftentimes that's where there's insight. Oftentimes, organizationally, that's where there's conflict that you have to solve. And so being really good present listeners is an invaluable skill. And I think it will become increasingly more valuable as teams are remote and distributed and, and some of the ways that information surfaces are changing. So I think that would be first and foremost. 
Second, I would say continuing to be incredibly agile. If I look back on marketing 10 years ago, there was a set plan that you executed and that's kind of how you did your work. And that has changed dramatically and is continuing to change. So that agility to be able to be hungry for new inputs, think how that changes your plans and then iterate that agility is incredibly important. And then the third thing I would say is this incredible curiosity. When you're curious, your teams become curious. When you ask questions, they start asking questions. And so that curiosity, I think, is a superpower of leaders. And I think it's a superpower of organizations. Slipping in last two questions here. Twofold, what does 2023 look like for Bill? And what does 2023 look like for Sarah Acton? 2023 for Bill is a year of stepping in to all the foundation that we've laid. The opportunity in front of us is massive. We're just getting started. And now that we've got the foundation of the rebrand, we've done a lot of that hard work in 2022. 2023 is about really stepping into that. I think for Sarah Acton, 2023 continues to be a year of growth. Uh, for me as a human, as a mom, as a marketer, I look for opportunities to just continue growing and, you know, getting a little bit smarter and better every day. And so that's what I'm, I'm excited about. There are dynamics that are changing in my house. I have a, a senior in high school who's going to go off to oh, college. Wow. Okay. So all sorts of growth. Awesome. Well, I get that. And I know that I, I speak for many people who will be cheering you on and rooting you on as well as Bill. Bill.com for those who don't know, you need to know. Sarah, thank you for being a part of this conversation. I think it's really important to have people like you share their perspective and share their experience. And just congratulations on all the momentum that's been built and supported by you and this epic team that you're a part of. Uh, shout out to the whole ELT and the PR team as well. They're awesome. Thanks for being on Marketing Trends. And this was a lot of fun. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. 
Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.